0: I'm Scott Farber, along with former New York Giant and NFL Player Association President right now of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, host of The Extra Point on this network, co-host of this podcast, and to me, the special honor to be recognized by the city of Memphis as a Memphis, living legend. That's true. That's true. He's Larry Mallory.
1: And and thank you for, for having me today, and we forgot to say that uh, Generations Broadcast Center Generation's Broadcast Network is is our support.
0: That's so, that's, right. that's right. It really is Generation's Broadcast Center. This network that uh, many of people are watching us on. And of course, we're on uh, all the various ways they can get their podcasts, but to see us Generation's Broadcast Center and our YouTube channel. <clears throat> well, it was Veterans Day on Sunday. I know a lot of places when we're taping today on Monday are celebrating Veterans Day. Do you have family members that were in the service?
1: I do. I do. Uh, they've all deceased, but uh, I did have members in the service.
0: You know, you know uh, um, my dad was the main inspiration for me to start this website. When people have seen me speak, you know, I tell this story about uh, how we did a video on World War II veterans, including my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was a keynote speaker at a veterans group years ago, a few years ago when I started the uh, website, where I was showing them that film. And I remember saying to myself, you know... Talk about getting stories on tape all the time, and now my dad's gone. I'm not going to get any more stories, yeah. so that was really kind of the inspiration that we started the uh, uh, GBC. But um, um, you know, Veterans Day. Y- y- you know, um, I also lost family members in the Holocaust. In Veterans yeah. Day, we re- we kind of reflect on all of this, but we do year-round anyway because loved ones that are deceased we never forget. True. But my dad, his brother, and their cousin were all in World War II. All saw some. Terrible stuff. Yeah. And all in different phases of of the war. You know, they mm-hmm. weren't together. You know, and uh, yesterday, the NFL games, there were a lot of veterans, you know, at all the NFL stadiums. So that was uh, kind of nice, you yeah. know, you know kind of nice to see.
1: Well, you know, you always say to me that every family has a story. Right. And I totally agree with you. You know, and that's what, I think that's what GBC does. It highlights the importance of the stories. And for the youth these days, it's important that they understand how they got to where they are. Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: well, go ahead.
1: But in terms of the uh, yesterday, I, I thought it was so interesting um, in terms of Veterans Day. You know, there's been such give and take as how the NFL athletes approach the flag or approach the military. Right, right. And at least yesterday, was truly reflective of the NFL athletes' true support of the military. Right, if you remember, right. Colin Kaepernick's kneeling actually was recommended by a military veteran. So I just liked the whole feel yesterday. And, and the, the, you know, they showed guys that had gone over to other countries. Um, it was just, it was more of a reflection of how the military and former NFL players and even active NFL players, how we really relate to each other. Right. And there is truly a relationship.
0: Right, right. All right. Now, you've been away for a while. Yeah. You know, uh, you went to England. Yes, sir. You know, uh, you've come back with this incredible accent. (laughs) I'm sure everybody's picked up and noticed. It didn't take you long. Um, Why did you go?
1: Oh, great question, because I I lived there for nine years, and um, I wanted to go back and visit some friends that I hadn't seen. During that time in my life, I was in my 30s and 40s, you know, when I was sent out of the country to run companies. And these people had a true impact on me. You know, I, I really wasn't ready, right, but, uh, but I was in the right place at the right time. And so, and most of them are older than I. So I wanted to get back over, say to them how important they were for me at that point in my life. Right, and right. how the impact that they had has continued to not only help me, but my family. So, And then when I got there, it was just beautiful. You know, right. everybody was welcoming. Uh, we had some great golf. And above all, I'm trying to make the senior tour.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the important thing. And I'm going to be your caddy. <laughs> right. you, you know, it's so interesting that you say that, though, because you know, uh, um, I've had the ad agency 35 years, 36 years, and I think of over the years all the people that were so important to our success. That's right. You, you know, and I think of them often. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I and, do. And uh, you know, it's amazing. You know that you say something like that because we all have. You know, like I tell young people, the hardest thing they're ever going to get is their first job. You know, the hardest thing you ever get is your first job. Then after that, it's a little bit easier, but you got to figure out your path. That's it. You know, know, and everything. And so we're all looking for that yes. You know, um, everything changes in life when you get that yes. That's true. You you know, it's it's just amazing to me how, uh, uh, you know... How, how that works and all. So it's interesting to me to hear you say that.
1: And, and I think it's important right. that we acknowledge it. You know right, what I mean? Especially right. in these days and times. Right. Acknowledge the people that, you know, have had an impact. And again, that's what GBC does. It allows right. people to to visually and verbally say thank right. you.
0: Right. Well, we, you know, we, <laughs> I always like saying we're the uh, Museum of Historical Events told by the people that live there. Preach. Way. Preach. There yeah, we go. <laughs> right. um, um, wait, there was something here that I wanted to ask you about. That Okay. You know we, we we try not to be political you, you know it gets very really, hard it, to do though it's very it's <laughs> it's extremely hard you, you know and uh, um with everything going on, but how did the people in London what do they think about the United States now? I'm sure they've had to have something to say to you
1: they did um not only something to say to me um the news is very reflective, it wasn't really that far away from our news right. uh but it was they They feel that this is the first time that America is giving up, possibly giving up its number one perspective in the world, number one nation in morality, number one nation in hope, number one nation in opportunity, number one nation in, in allowing people of diverse cultures to improve their lives and their conditions. When I was over there especially England, because of the strength of their currency. That's probably one of the strongest currencies mm-hmm. on earth right now. And they were able to maintain their currency even being a part of the European Union because there's a euro that goes throughout the union. But but even with that, their pers- a lot of their perspectives was, wow, there's an opportunity for us to be seen right, as what right. the United States has always been seen to be. Right. A place of development, a place of hope, a place of opportunity, a place of of fairness those are the kinds of elements that the kinds of conversations i was hearing them have
0: did did you ever talk to them uh you know from the time you lived there and of course now on this last trip Mm -hmm. you know it it seems to me that they know more about the united states than we know about anything about them true you know we know about the places to go to to a great restaurant in london yeah You, you know is there a sense as to why that is why are they so Aware of what's going on in this country. And and always have been.
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the... I mean, this is my personal opinion. Right. I think that... Well, whose
0: opinion would I be asking? (laughs) That's true. That's true.
1: (laughs) But I think that our present leadership, Mm -hmm. you know, our present uh, leadership, uh, the decisions they make, uh, the perspectives that that they give, uh, doesn't necessarily align with the historical implications or relevance of America. We've always been a open caring giving opportunistic kind of environment it's the first time we've not so i got the feeling while over there that especially england with the strength of the currency they wanted to replace us as the number one country of morality of the number one opportunistic environment right you know and so it's like when you've been number one all the time right right, now they're saying oh we might be able to be number one for a minute so that's kind of what i got the feeling what was interesting too scott scott was that I had a chance to get perspectives um, from a rural standpoint. I live down in North Devon, which is a beautiful part of the world, but it's very rural. and I had a chance to get some perspectives of London, inner-city right, London, right. one of my friends had a, a Nigerian doctor party for me. right They were similar, right and they're different people, right. different looking people, right but the perspective on us was similar because they've always seen us as a beacon of hope, as a right, beacon right. of opportunity and they don't see it that way. Anymore.
0: They really don't. No. Yeah, that's uh, that's really that's really sad when you say that. Do they talk about at all what's going on in Europe?
1: They do. Um, there's a big conversation right now about Brexit, about them leaving right, the European right. Union. Uh, Britain exiting is what Brexit is, right? right? And um, but one of the problems they're having, the challenges they're having, is that Northern Ireland will still be a part of the EU. So how does trade move? And Ireland is, you know, Northern Ireland is above Ireland, so. How does all that work? And right now, they're feeling there's crime in in the UK is increasing because it's a stronger currency than the euro or any of the independent currencies. You get a lot of people that don't have a lot, you know, that's seeking to improve their lives coming to England because of the strength of the currency, but it's also increased crime. Uh, More policemen have guns now over there. When I lived there, you didn't see many guns at all. And, um, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's the opportunistic opportunity now for Europeans that have not been done so well. Right. So they go to where the currency is strongest. Right. If you get one pound, you almost got two euros or two dollars. Right. You know,
0: no, no. You know, it's just very, very interesting. Um, so would you go back there?
1: Uh, I would, I would. It was a great experience for me, um, you know, from a development standpoint, I ran a company that was uh, the largest Afro-Caribbean company in Europe. Mm-hmm. And we had a trade show where we had, we, we had the second largest gathering of Afro-Caribbeans, uh, the Notting Hill Carnival, if you remember. I don't know if right. that's the first. And yeah. we were Afro Hair and Beauty trade show. We were the second. Yeah. So it was a developmental part. I really was welcomed back. I've remained in somewhat contact but uh, they 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 would be interested in me running companies. They didn't know I was an athlete, right they right, thought that I was just a business person right and now that they know I mean the NFL is really growing over there at a crazy right. pace right so now i'm I'm sort of uh, letting them know I'm, I can run a business, but I'm also tied to the nFL yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
0: did they notice how old you got
1: uh well, you know i kept I kept shaving. <laughs> And I uh, kept my weight down, so yeah, they don't yeah. really know, but they know I'm up there So Yeah, 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 yeah. They, know
0: you, they know you're climbing up there. Yeah. Now, the NFL, did you get a sense that they really care about it, or do they just show up because uh, the NFL is playing a game at the stadium?
1: Well, you know, Wembley, the soccer stadiums hold more, more people. Than right, that. right. So Wembley is, what, 100,000 plus? Right, or whatever. right, It's packed. Right. What was surprising to me was the number of people that were flying over to see the game. Um, and there were Jaguars and Eagles fans, Mm -hmm. and they were binding. It was almost like, um, it was more of a unifying thing. Everybody had their jerseys on. Uh, I didn't have anything related to the NFL on on the plane, but I mean, almost, let's say a third of that plane were people going over, and what they're doing is, not only are they going to see the game, they're going to see history. Big Ben and, Stay in the hotels and be downtown London and go to Wembley.
0: Well, well sports, though, you know, and I'm going to regress a little bit. I'm going to tell you a little story here. Uh-huh. You know, speaking about that, years ago, <clears throat> every year I would take some clients from LA and Nashville and New York, um, and we would all fly to Chicago for the day. And it was to go see the Cub game. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. we would call it our Ferris Bueller's Day off. So we fly up to Chicago. We'd usually have lunch at Ditka's, uh-huh. you know, and then go to the Cub game, and everybody'd fly home. And they all loved it, you know, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a great day. But when I, I did notice, like you were saying, when I'd be sitting on the plane leaving Dallas in the morning to get to Chicago, a bazillion Cub fans yeah. and the other team, that whoever they were playing that game, fans, they're all sitting there in their Cub shirts, and in their, if it was the Cardinals, their Cardinals shirts. And I would ask him, yeah, they were all flying up from Dallas to go to the game. Yeah. you know. And then I'll tell you a funny story. There was one of the guys, uh, it was DreamWork Records at the time. One of the v- VPs was, was there, and we're standing and talking in Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he went running off. And we're all, what, did, what is Johnny doing? He's mm-hmm. going running down there. <laughs> and he comes back, and he goes, Oh, that was so-and-so. He called in sick this morning in Nashville. (laughs) And he caught him in Wrigley Field. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I couldn't believe how often this is done. That people go out of town to go to a sporting event.
1: I, I didn't, you know, I don't know if that same loyalty was when we were young. But well, who,
0: nobody could afford to do that's it. That's right. When that's we were right. young, it would be in the car and we didn't have gas money.
1: Exactly. And, you and, and imagine, I, I'm, you're so on point with how this has evolved, because imagine getting on a flight in Dallas, going to London, and you got Eagles and yeah, Jaguars. They're
0: going, they're going there for the weekend <laughs> because of a football game. That's right. That's you know, right. You know, but, you know, because when you watch games, and I always like to say, oh, you know, when you watch a Cub game, you see all the fans in all these different cities. Well, you go, Chicago's a big city, and they all moved there, you know, to Arizona or California for the better weather. And now you realize a lot of people just go to the game and then go home. And It's like, it's unreal to me, you know, and everything. So even over to London, they were doing that.
1: Well, I think that London needs to have Generations Broadcast Center.
0: (laughs) Okay, so now let me ask you. So I, I send you an email, and I go, are you alive? Are you home? You know, all of this. And you go, I'm in Nashville at a Hall of Fame event. (laughs) <laughs> I am very fortunate that I see you every now and then. You're always somewhere else.
1: Well, you know, my career was travel. So when I don't travel, I think I start to get
0: twitching. Twitchy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what was in Nashville?
1: Um, Fisk University, uh, which is a, uh, it's right across the street from Meharry. In this little, let's say, five-mile radius right. is Tennessee State University where I went. Right. Fisk University where my sister went and Meharry Medical College, where a number of of doctors have come through.
0: Right.
1: And um, they don't have football anymore, but the guys that the 1973 team at Fisk was an undefeated team or had a great year. Well, that's the same year that Tennessee State with two-tall senior year, we had a super year, Right, right? right? And so both teams were somewhat undefeated. Well, they've cut out football at Fisk, and... It's not a sport anymore, but they decided to put all of their former players into a Hall of Fame. And so this was um, the guys that actually played on that team. A lot of them were from Memphis Southside. I was from Memphis Melrose. And we played the city championship to a 0-0 tie. So we've always been competitive, even from high school. So I went up to support yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, now, let me ask you a question because we've talked around this. You played football as a kid. Yeah played in high school. Obviously, you played in college and everybody that you ever knew from your college seems to have gone to the NFL, (laughs) you know, uh, as you tell me. Um, Of course, you played in the NFL. What was it like the day they told you you're done? Um, Did you know it was coming?
1: uh, No, I didn't. You know, that's a great question because each individual has a different but you've, played, they leave. but you've
0: played this your whole life, this game. Yeah. And yeah. now you weren't going to be able to play. You were, you were being told you're not allowed to play anymore. It wasn't your decision necessarily.
1: Exactly. And, you know, in, in those days, um, there were some questions about when you were cut. Right. Right. And there's even been research to show that certain players were cut disproportionately right before their pensions. So for me, you know, I was a holder of field goals and extra points, also a special team guy. but. I, I had a, I had a buffer in that I knew they were going to cut me. Here's a black guy holding field goals and extra points, and every evening they would make me stay after practice and put cameras around me. And the cameras were taking my technique because we had created a, a Bill Belichick had helped me create a new technique. Right. So I sort of knew things were headed in that direction. I was fortunate to be able to pick, be picked up by the 49ers.
0: So you knew that they were using you to develop someone your else. replacement exactly
1: and there was nothing I could do about it fortunately Sean McVay's grandfather John McVeigh, had left the Giants and gone to the 49ers and, picked and, you up. and he picked me up and yeah. from that point when you go to the next team you start preparing right you right, know because right, right. you don't know that when you're going to go
0: right and I wasn't
1: a you know a superstar kind of guy I was a right. uh, I was a Philly and I was a guy.
0: Again, I'm going to stop you. You were a superstar your entire life. Maybe not in the NFL. Well, that's Because you have that. to be a superstar to get to the NFL. Well, that's you know, true. You know, I appreciate that. You know, um, uh, you know, you're dealing with the t- thousand best football players. You know, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. So you're one of the top 1,000 in the world. So that's not so bad. Yeah. I, you know, I, I,
1: and plus I never thought I'd have a, you know, I'm not a big guy either, so I never thought I'd have a, had a, That would be my only career. Right. I really thought my brain would be my career. Yeah, but (laughs) still
0: the day you know this really is it.
1: It's an emotional day because, and the majority of guys become recluses.
0: Right.
1: You know, you're in a locker room with a group of guys that you're friends or your partners that you compete against too, but you're still friends with. And all of a sudden. You're
0: not included.
1: You're not included. that, That transition is the transition in which we focus on as NFLPA former players. Right. Imagine this, Scott. As an active player, the the owners control the roster. So the budget for active player union is controlled by the number of guys on on the squad. Mm -hmm. But the former player environment, there's no control. Everybody that comes out of that sport becomes a former player. So our population continues to grow, and we don't even have a revenue base. Right. The revenue base is on the active player side. They have a limited budget, and they can manage it comfortably. Yeah. So that's why we're really promoting guys when they finish to get a, be a part of the chapter. Get to that chapter because the transition is the most challenging mental, physical, social aspect right. you have. Not only with your friends, but with your family. You feel some guys feel as if they failed. You yeah. know what I mean? What do I do now? Right. And fortunately. Younger players now are saving money. They're making enough money to save. Right, right, right. And they have, they have um, you know, other areas that they can focus on outside of.
0: You know, and when you're outside the bubble looking in, and the players are inside the bubble, obviously, it's, it's so funny being outside of the bubble because these people that are suffering now were revered by all these young kids. Yeah. They wanted to be just like you or just like him or him or him, you know. Yeah. And you know we don't see anything beyond the interception or the long ball that was caught or the great run. You yeah. know, it, and uh, we lose sight that these are people. Yeah. You know, with the same hopes and dreams as everybody. With families. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 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 It, Nowadays it's a, it's a little bit easier because they do make so much money now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it uh, in, in that aspect that helps. But you know, you always talk about pre '93. Yeah. You know, before the big dollars. Or for the professional athletes. Um, And
1: unfortunately, I'm a member of that. Yeah, well,
0: (laughs) you're a member of long before 93. That's true. So, you know, know, I know you're going back. Well, you know, in the few minutes remaining, let's talk about some of the games from the weekend. Okay. I I think now, you know, after teams have played nine games, we know there's a lot that we have learned. I think we've learned that the Steelers are actually going to be Okay. I think so. You, you know, uh, they trounced the Panthers yesterday. Yeah. And uh, um, so are the Panthers going to be able to recover? I think the Panthers are 6-3, and three, which ain't bad. But they were just blown away by the Steelers, who are 6-2-1. and one. Yeah. You yeah. know, what do you think of those two teams?
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, a, a lot of the focus on teams operate around the quarterback. So who, we're really talking about Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton. Right. And... Um, you know, the Steelers, they're up and down. They, they used to be a very consistent team. Right, right. But to me, uh-huh. this year, they've been a bit up and down. I don't know if it's because of Le'Veon Bell. You know? he Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, today is Monday. Tomorrow, if he doesn't show up for the Steelers, he has, he's going to forfeit $14 million. Yeah, yeah. He forfeited $6 million about three weeks ago. So, I don't know what his decision is going to be, but it seems to be that 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 they have a good team, but there's still some disruption because one of their stars hadn't hadn't really. But
0: are they played. missing him now?
1: Well, they didn't for this game, but they have yeah. you know in, in the past they've they I think they miss. He's a he's a pretty good running back.
0: Well, pretty good running. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think he's better than pretty good. You know. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting, but that's a personal thing. It is. You, you know, with him and. And sometimes, you know, do agents get too involved in, in, in all of this?
1: Um, I think they're very much involved, obviously. You know, we've hired uh, the former, the union side has hired a, a gentleman from the FBI, and he gets involved in, in you know, just making sure everybody is, is uh, clean, everybody's safe or whatever. I think that the, the I think the league in its own right, is somewhat taking care of itself now, each team, you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah. it's like a, it's a disconnect somewhat uh, from the unity of the league to each individual team you know the, to me that game was it was almost like something that happened in the locker room because they scored on seven of nine possessions starting the game, they had fifty two points was scored with thirteen minutes left in the game Wow. <laughs> And they had a pretty good running game. But one of the funny things that I, I thought about the game was how many times do you see guys with double barrel last names? They had a guy called Smith Schuster. They had a guy called Hayward Bay. I mean, their names were all the way across. It's almost like they had to head around to the front. <laughs> right. Almost wrapped around yeah. their thing. You don't see many guys with double barrel last names. No. no that, that
0: is interesting. All right, now... Uh, you know, I don't think the public believes them yet, but the Bears are looking pretty good.
1: Um, you know, I was wondering if you were going to talk about the Bears. I was sort of yeah, waiting they, to say, that not only pro- do they look good. But
0: they got a problem, though, Larry. What's the problem? Well, you know, the three games they lost, they had big leads in. Yeah. And even this game, they were just dominating, and they let Detroit back into it. You know, they were ahead by 20 or 26 at a point, and they won by 12. Yeah. You know, they haven't learned how to close the door yet, have they?
1: Well, I agree. I think I think that's a great analysis. They have a record quarterback. Yeah. But he's getting better and better. Yeah. He, to me, you can see his progression. You know, you can see his improvement. Yeah. He's throwing the ball better. He's a runner, you yeah. know, and that's key. That's the problem with the Giants. They know where the quarterback's going to be. You gotta have a running quarterback. I like his development, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Khalil Mack came back. Yeah, you know, he had been out, so two, that, two sacks. Two sacks. There we go. You know. So I mean, the team itself. I can see the coaches feeling we're on a we're on the right path.
0: Well, I heard somebody say that uh, Nagy, you know, the head coach, yeah. is really waiting for the season to end to get back to work with, <laughs> with uh, Trubisky, because they want to get him to the next level. Yeah. You know, which I found that's really an interesting comment. You know, now, you know, Nagy didn't say, you know, didn't come out and say they were talking about what they were were thinking he was talking, you know, about. But I find that interesting because there's probably a lot of truth to it, that they probably can't wait for these, you know, for the next development phase to be going.
1: And, and you know, I think that's a, a, a on point because in our day, the game plan was set for the game. Right. right. The entire 60 minutes. Right. Nowadays, your game plan is almost by quarter. If you play the Kansas City Chiefs, what they did the first half, they're not going to do the second half. Right. You know, so as a quarterback is reading, we used to call it reading the clock. Right. Nowadays, you, you have to see enough to know enough. Imagine playing the Patriots who... The Patriots is going to make adjustments throughout the game. If they see that you follow me? So he does. That experience with these young quarterbacks is important. And I think that's why a young quarterback like Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City is doing so well.
0: So if uh, uh, Brady retires, does Belichick retire? Are those careers now intertwined or does Brady go on? I mean, uh, does Belichick go on?
1: I I think Belichick would probably go on or assume another role that's relating to either the team or something related to the sport. I don't see him, his whole life, I mean, when he was my coach, he was just coming out of college coaching. Right, right. His whole life has been coaching. You right. can't just take that and go somewhere. You know. Well,
0: the football players take that and go somewhere. They're, they're You know, hi, Larry, uh, bring your playbook and go see the coach. That's true. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a good he, point. You know, so. Uh,
1: but the coaches? they They have a different relationship with management too you know yeah, other than, yeah, than what the players have yeah, so yeah, and true. and a guy like Belichick who has been so successful for his owner i would I would not be hesitant to say that that owner would keep him in his organization in yeah, some way yeah, yeah. even if it's just to vet the new coaches you yeah, know what yeah. I mean yeah.
0: well you know and, and you know I joke how back uh, you know when the Bears in the middle 80's were that great defensive team that I'd always say the team that they played never won the next week because the Bears beat them up up so so badly. And then I heard something very interesting. Uh, The Titans beat the Cowboys. Right. (laughs) And then the Cowboys won last night. They beat Philadelphia. And I heard the announcers say, uh, well, that diminishes the loss against the Titans, because look how good the Titans are, because they beat New England. That's, right. That's yeah. right. So I'm sitting there going, okay, so the Cowboys didn't weaken the ty- Titans, because they came back the next week and clobbered New England, but the Cowboys spin is, well, we're better than you think, because we lost to the Titans, and look how good they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a
1: lot of that going around. It, it is, and it reminds me of a saying that my one of my old coaches used to say. You know, um, they they... It was a lot of talk about Jason Garrett being fired. Right, right. And so that could be a reflection of the team supporting the coach. But my perspective is the saying was excuses are building blocks of nothingness right. used to build highways to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's telling tell us. So at the end of the day, if you don't win, there's no excuse for what happened. The yeah, Titans yeah, had a yeah. great... The Titans really are looking better. That Mariota is looking yeah, better. They're yeah. getting off
0: to fast starts. You know. So maybe the Cowboy game was his uh, jumping block. Well, yeah, maybe, you know.
1: we'll see next week because at the end of the day, the, all of the news this week was about Jason Garrett being fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah.
0: and, and also, will the quarterback remain? I, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on Dak?
1: Well, um, the quarterback makes the most money. If there's a win or a loss, he usually gets the most the credit for it. And so if there's, a, if there's some challenges, he would get the credit for it as well. Yeah. Um, he Being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, the number one brand in the world, is a challenge. Yeah, It really yeah. is. Yeah. And um, honestly, I don't see where they can do much to him because there's not a big backups behind him. Right. To right. me, the problem they have is, that if he gets hurt. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're yeah, not yeah. developing. Well, I but, don't know but, if they're developing something. But somewhere.
0: I always say most NFL teams that have a top-line quarterback have that problem. If, he, uh, if uh, your quarterback gets hurt, what are you going to do?
1: Well, I mean, uh, Bill, Bill Pelichak doesn't go for that. Yeah. He, he has a top quarterback in Brady, but he was developing Garoppolo. Right, right. remember.
0: Yeah. That's how you. But where's Garoppolo? That's 49 uh, that I know a- that. That was my point. Right. You, you know, so now that Brady is starting that little decline we keep hearing about, how come we develop Garoppolo only to ship him off?
1: Well, I don't know if it was just shipping him off, but I guarantee you, if he shipped him off, football players like Greyhound buses. When one yeah, leave, a nose comes.
0: Yeah, I was waiting for that. I
1: guarantee you Belichick is developing someone behind him. Okay,
0: Brady. okay. Yeah. Now, the Saints, are they just going to steamroll right through this now? What is it, eight in a row or seven or eight in a row? Seven in a row. Seven in a row, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're rolling. Breeze is putting that record out there. (laughs) Test our record
0: out there so far. All of a sudden, we just hear about Brady playing at age 40. Uh, um, uh, Breeze is doing pretty good at 39. Yeah. You
1: know. Well, I think there's three quarterbacks that that are getting... Two quarterbacks is getting a lot of publicity, but three quarterbacks is doing some amazing things. Unfortunately... Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech is a rookie, but man, is he doing stuff. So therefore, Breeze and Brady now, to me, are taking over the quarterbacking message. Because if they weren't where they are, a rookie quarterback that's thrown 33 touchdowns already would be all over the news. And he's from Texas, too. Right, right, right. So he'd be all over the
0: news. Now, what do you think about Mayfield, Baker Mayfield? Uh, you
1: know, you are so on point today because you know I know how you like the Bears <laughs> and Oklahoma, and I came in today to bow to you, for okay. Baker Mayfield. I actually talked to some friends, some old ex football players at know Oklahoma, and right. I didn't realize that Baker had gone to Texas Tech. Yeah, didn't where Patrick Mahomes was. Right, right? Wrote a le- didn't make it or whatever. Wrote a letter oh, to he Oklahoma,
0: played, but he left. Yeah, he left. left.
1: Then he wrote the letter to Oklahoma to get to Oklahoma?
0: What he did was he went to Oklahoma, registered for school. The coaches didn't even know he was going to school there, but he wasn't eligible that year, Mm -mm. and then came next year as a walk-on.
1: Oh. And he
0: walked onto that team, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he was named the starter, and he became Baker Mayfield. He did not have a a good time... uh, here in Texas. Well,
1: on behalf of Scott Farber, the Generations <laughs> Broadcast Center, I kind of apologize to Baker Mayfield. I had him in the grouping with a Johnny Manziel type of right, player. Right, right. To me, he seems to be a bit more mature. He yeah, seems yeah. to be yeah. leading the team properly. Right, he seems right. to not be all over the place. Right. Um, he was. Uh, he had three touchdowns, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, threw three touchdowns yeah. this past week. Yeah. He seems to be a, um,
0: a good leader, a
1: yeah, guy that yeah, can deal yeah. with other guys, that can know the locker room. And when
0: you see the interviews, he, he really comes off that way. He
1: does, man. Yeah, and so yeah. I apologize to him because yeah, yeah. I had put him in another bucket.
0: Look, at when he was a kid at college, you got to let him be a kid at college. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, but all the antics have stopped and probably the team sat him down. But, but my question to you is Mahomes is having this phenomenal year. <laughs> So if Mayfield was on a better team, would he be better? I mean, he's doing pretty good with Cleveland that hasn't won in so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, is Mahomes that great, or is it the whole system and the team around him helping? Well, I, I, think, I mean, he's he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but is he elevated to the heights because of the situation where Mayfield is really starting from scratch. Right. Well,
1: I think that number one to make a quarterback on a professional team no matter if the team is the Super Bowl champion or the lowest. Right. You know, it's an accomplishment. Right, right. So, you're right. Baker Mayfield could be on another team, but also that team could not possibly not fit his situation. Right. I think where he is at a team where they're growing, they can grow with him. Right. They can develop their system around him. I think he's in the perfect team. So, so when we talk about Mayfield being on a better team, a lot of the better teams already have a quarterback that's made them better. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's in a good position in that he's in a team where he can grow. It's not a team that's on TV every week like the Patriots or the right. Cowboys. Right. Right. And he can develop – as he is doing well, I think he can develop into a quality
0: NFL leading
1: quarterback. Plus, you don't have to worry about any money. He's number one draft choice. So. Right, right.
0: <laughs> well, is the most popular team in Europe the Jaguars? Are they done for this year?
1: Um, I don't know if they're done. You know, three and six. That's true. That's true. But they can knock some people off. They, their running game has not been.
0: Their defense hasn't and, been, and that's the
1: next. Their defense hadn't been what everybody thought it would be. Yeah, but including you, that's true. They are yeah. the most popular team in Europe, though, yeah. so they already have a fan base yeah. that they can't adjust.
0: Gruden, is he regretting this job? I know it's a ton of money, uh, ten years.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I know, I know, it's about the money. But does he have any second thoughts of what he's in? He's one and eight. Yeah, year one, obviously didn't. Pan out. I mean, even under his expectations, even if they were real low, I, I don't think this is what they thought.
1: It surprised me that his first move was to send Khalil to the Bears. That surprised a lot of people. Defensive players are leaders in the locker room there. So I don't know if there was some well, friction. Well, guy
0: arguably the best yeah. defensive player.
1: Yeah. I don't know if, they were, if there was some friction or whatever, but every week... That he checks his bank account, I don't think it bothers him. What's he knows? I
0: could go to the office.
1: Yeah, it's a ten, a ten year, a ten year contract. Ten
0: million a year.
1: Ten million a year in the first gambling city because they're going to Vegas next year, right? Right, right. So I don't know. I But, think he's but next year,
0: was. if they're five hundred, they'll go see. It took them a year to turn this whole program around. All right, and
1: that's a possibility. It is. And he got what nine more or eight more after yeah, that yeah, to try yeah. to improve them.
0: yeah,
1: I had a friend in in um in London ask me, what was that owner 's name of the Raiders before, and they were talking about Al Davis right and his perspective was that if Al Davis was still alive, that the Raiders would still be a good team because he yeah. loved the Raiders. This is an English guy that loved the Raiders, yeah, so. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. what would just do it, baby? What was his uh I don't remember. Nowadays, I can't remember Yeah, the yeah. slogans were. Oh, man, you brought up a name from the past. <laughs> that's true. You know, and, and that's funny. That's another thing that I wanted to mention. You know, um, we edited this out, but my son interrupted us and called. <laughs> and it reminded me just when, you, when we said that about bringing up a name from the past. We're having dinner one night, and my daughter is pouring dressing, Newman's own dressing. Mm-hmm. And she said something about the salad dressing guy. And I said, you do know that he was a famous movie star. And she looked at me and goes, what? He's the salad dressing guy. Uh, you know, and then that was around the time when Burt Reynolds died. And my kids who aren't that young, who's Burt Reynolds? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing?
1: It is. It, and, it's, and it's, again, reflective of the power of GBC. Yeah. See, honestly, that's right.
0: No, that's right. Every yeah. time, every time somebody passes away, I go, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, we needed to take them." Thank you very much. You, you
1: know, young people. That's to me, GBC is a connection that's required right. for young people to understand where their futures are going to be. Right. Right. Because when they have kids, if those, if those next generation, these kids don't know. Right. Well, what about their kids? They right. really going to think that. Right, right. You know, or look for you to do all the things that you're doing for the present kids. So.
0: Right, right. Oh my god. All right, final thing today. There is a tragedy going on in California. You know, do you have any family or friends out there in those fires?
1: I, I do, in fact, um my family have a they have a house in Calabasas and they were they're at my home now because they were forced to evacuate.
0: So they're here.
1: Uh-huh. They drove in from Phoenix uh, last mm-hmm. night, but they were driving back to Jackson, Tennessee, Tutal's hometown. Right. Yeah, so it's, um, it is a tough situation for them out there.
0: Now, when they left, their home was still there. Was still there. But so they're hopeful that it might be there when they get back, but there's a chance it might be gone.
1: Exactly. When they left, oh. the smoke was like a half, you could see just a band of smoke. They took some pictures, and it was about a half a mile away. So they were going through, the police and the firemen were going through the homes telling them, you probably need to get out, you probably need to evacuate. Wow. So they ended up leaving the home and driving back this way.
0: All right, my friend. Let's put
1: our prayers out for those people. They said 33 now have been man. killed and 200 not found.
0: Yeah. So our prayers go out 6, to them. 6,000 homes destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And our concern goes out for Veterans Day, you know, for yeah. the military yeah. guys that have, you know, continued to serve and have served us. We. Sincerely appreciate their their commitment they to the are It's wonderful. Yeah,
0: you know yeah. it's so important to this country. It is. You know. All right, man. Until next time. Good to see you. All right, you too. All take right, take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. Thank Bye bye. Take care. Thank Bye bye. Take
1: care.